After taking a huge hit during the pandemic, theaters are working to recover. Ticket sales are way down. Government relief is mostly at an end, so theaters can no longer ignore long-standing issues. NPR's Chloe Feltman reports that performing arts groups around the country are finding they have no choice but to try something new. Many of the problems facing the nonprofit theater industry in the U.S. right now have been around for ages. We were all living on the margins with the slightest, like the tiniest margin for error. And we built it to speak to middle-class mainstream, frankly. We simply don't yet have the relationships to have an audience from marginalized neighborhoods. Our systems have really stopped working for us. All of that stuff is antiquated and based on an old paradigm. That's Indie Spaces' Randy Berry, Control Group Productions' Patrick Mueller, and Nataki Garrett of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. They say the arrival of the pandemic exacerbated these issues, but it has also been a kick in the pants. At Oregon Shakespeare Festival, securing a future means focusing on the stuff that most of us as audience members don't see, much less think about, namely overhauling systems behind the scenes at the nearly 90-year-old institution. There are a couple edges that I might file down with our zippy. Props artisan Isabel Walker is building supports for shelves. The plan is to reorganise the storage of costumes and props. That's just a tiny piece of the monumental revamp happening at Oregon Shakespeare right now. I have to actually change the way that we do development, the way that we market, the way that we do finance. I have to shift the way that IT functions instead of sort of plugging in the holes and filling in the gaps, which is what we've been doing. That's Interim Executive Artistic Director Nataki Garrett. She was explaining in a recent staff meeting how Oregon Shakespeare planned to correct years of deficits and declines in revenue. We didn't want to disturb the art. We have to disturb the art now. But the kind of ambitious reset Garrett imagines actually takes more money. The company hopes to launch an $80 million fundraising campaign and received over $4 million from its endowment to cover emergency operating costs. Garrett now says she wants millions more unlocked from this fund. Eric Johnson is chair of the endowment board. He says for legal reasons, his hands are tied for now. Additional distributions at this time of any substantial magnitude become extraordinarily difficult, if they're even possible. Garrett says she plans to do whatever she can to save her institution. For another performing arts group in the middle of the country, securing a future is about promoting diversity. As part of this drive, the Denver-based physical theatre company Control Group Productions recently acquired an old school bus. I actually bought it on Craigslist from a guy in Ontario, California, flew out and drove it home. Artistic director Patrick Mueller says his nomadic company previously produced shows in warehouses, theatres and even an old slaughterhouse. But the social justice reckoning of the past few years has propelled Control Group to try to make more of an impact. And that means reaching new, more diverse audiences. We're a small grassroots organisation. It's hard to sort of get beyond our friends of friends of friends. Staging plays on buses or trains or horse-drawn carts is nothing new. But associate director Caroline Sharkey says in Control Group's productions, the bus isn't just a novelty. It is fully integrated into the action. Much of the group's recent immersive production about climate change unfolds on the bus. We're taking people to places that they know and we're shifting their 
expectations for those places. The bus passes by some of Denver's most toxic hotspots, like the Suncor oil refinery and a polluted part of the Platte River, on its way to a fictional safe harbour known as the Refuge. The Refuge? A thriving community where you'll be safe no matter what happens in the world outside. Control Group wants to engage people who live in places like Commerce City, where the oil refinery is located. Recently, it enlisted local environmental activist Harmony Cummings to help with outreach. But Cummings says the people who live in the shadow of the refinery often don't have the bandwidth to think about attending an experimental physical theatre show on a bus. The problems in these communities, where am I going to live? Do I have enough food? Are so large that it's hard to even talk to people about any of the environmental injustices. Artistic director Patrick Mueller gets this. He says they're currently developing partnerships with theatre makers in underrepresented communities. But diversifying audience will take time. Over in New York City, securing a future is all about sharing resources. The members of Rising Sun Performance Company are rehearsing a party scene in a new cooperative rehearsal space. As we saw during the pandemic, arts organizations that were working on their own were struggling on their own. When we have an amazing resource for the community, the more people that can get their hands in it, the better. That's Randy Berry. She's the executive director of Indie Space, a nonprofit that provides support to New York City's sprawling indie theatre community. It's one of the main forces behind the West Village Rehearsal Co-op. A 99-year lease for arts and culture space in a new development in the Meatpacking District. The co-op is the result of a partnership between Indie Space and several theatre companies, as well as the local community board, politicians and property owners. In a city where it's not unusual to pay $50 or $60 an hour for rehearsal space, the co-op costs just $10 an hour, and selected black and indigenous theatre makers have access for free. Not a cent, which is great because we have not a cent right now. Nedra Marie Taylor is the co-founder of The Grove Theatre, a new endeavour using the co-op for community events, with the goal of eventually building a centre for black theatre artists. She says the new shared rehearsal studio is vital to that effort. Indie Space's Randy Berry says brokering the real estate deal for the West Village co-op took years, and there's already a waiting list of theatres that want to use it. So she wants to see the model replicated throughout New York City. We have to commit to doing this over and over and over again. That's when the real impact is felt. Big impact will come from making big changes. And this is now essential for securing the future of the industry. So says Teresa Eyring. She's executive director and CEO of Theatre Communications Group. When we get there, our theatre ecology, it'll be in a place of vibrancy where People are excited to be working in it. Iring says theatre companies are going to have to get used to thinking about their long-term future instead of only about tomorrow. Chloe Veltman, NPR News.